You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods, yeah One in particular, I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock uh. Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, coach it in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go what's going on everybody and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast i am your host matthew bruning you can find me on twitter at sports fanatic mb i will be joined today by my usual monday co-host mr dennis bennett who you can follow at culture underscore coach and matthew fox who you can follow at nighthawk 7734 we are part of the drive-in podcast network you can find us a ton of other great podcasts including those on movies music pop culture and of course fantasy football all on musiccitydrivein.com. It's a great network with a ton of great podcasts. Jump on there and check it out. We also have a Discord channel if you guys need any help with your fantasy football leagues. We've got five analysts in there willing to help you guys uh, in any way that we can. Just hit up one of us on Twitter or go to the website. There is a link to join the Discord channel. It's been a lot of fun so far and we'd love to have you guys in there to help out as much as possible. For today's episode, Matt and Dennis will be joining me as we talk about some of the NFL news and notes that happened over the weekend and obviously the big bombshell that dropped here Monday morning. And we are going to talk about all of our award predictions for the 2020 season. All right, and we are live on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. It is Monday. We are... I was going to try and add that up in my head really quick, and it did not work out. We're close. We're we're less than two weeks away from football. What are we? Seven Ten weeks? days. Ten days. Thank you. Thank you. It's 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 been uh, it's been a long, been a long long couple days for me. A long weekend, but we're almost to a three day weekend, which I cannot wait for. Got Dennis and Matt here with me as well as always. How are we doing today, gentlemen? 
better well, than Jaguars Yeah, I've had about three hours of sleep, and I, I if I start rambling incoherently, think nothing <laughs> of it. <laughs> yeah. Got to love it, though. You just got to get used to it. That, that's my – I shouldn't say three hours. I usually get roughly five, and I'm – I'm living living a good life, but this lately has just been I don't I don't know what's going on, man. But life lately has been kicking my well, ass. You know, I learned an important lesson last night when your wife tells you you can watch whatever you want and whatever you choose to put on is uh, Peyton Manning episodes of details breaking down game film. There's a limit to that. You can watch whatever you want. Yeah, as I say, so when she tells you you can watch whatever you want, it's whatever you want to watch as want to watch as long as it's what she wants to watch is what is what I'm hearing. Kind of like you know, it's right. like hey. Let's go out to eat. What do you want to eat? And then you're like, let's go to this. No, I don't want that. How about this? No, I don't want that. Okay, so what do you want to eat? Oh, yeah, that's exactly I'm gonna, what I'm I wanted plead to. The fit, I'm going to plead the fifth on that one, Matt. That's because yeah. your your wife is the only one that actually watches these. That's why me and Matt don't have to worry about that. So, Well, Lindsay doesn't mind football. It puts her to sleep. But I, apparently <laughs> it was the statistical breakdown of Baker Mayfield that she didn't really care that much for. Ooh. Now that you say that, I have not watched that episode. I might go in and do that today since I've got nothing else to do. I just started watching the uh, – I promise we'll get right back on subject here, but yeah. I just started watching the uh, the Umbrella Academy. I never watched it. Oh, that was good. And so it's been good so far. I've enjoyed it. I'm trying to get that – I know you're not a fan of this next show, but I'm trying to get that done because my wife is waiting to watch season two, and I've been the piece of crap that has still not watched season one. So she wants to watch it together. And then obviously the boys comes out this weekend, which is a show we both like as well that I'm hoping to, to get into or finish watching uh, season two of once it drops. So that is on the agenda. But for today's show, we are talking NFL news and notes. There's been a couple things that have happened since we've last recorded. And then we're going to talk about all of our award winners and, and things, uh, things of that such. So I guess the big news we'll start with, with right off the bat, Leonard Fournette was cut earlier today by the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's funny. I see some people saying, uh, yeah, I I think, I I think it's funny that some people are saying, Hey, you should have expected it. I don't know if we expected him to be cut, but it did seem like Jacksonville was not necessarily happy with Leonard Fournette for the past year or so. What does this do for you guys for, I guess let's start with Leonard Fournette and his value. We know there's a lot of rumors going on right now that Washington is looking into him. I believe they're the second best claim on him. Uh, Nobody's expecting Cincinnati to do it, who has the first claim. So a lot of people are expecting Washington to claim him. Do you think he goes to Washington? And if not, where, where is kind of his overall value for you right now, especially in a dynasty league, if you own him? Well, I, I'm sitting at a hold because you're getting crap offers for him, you know, third and fourth rounders. I, You know, the talk was out there that they could cut him or that they that it was a consideration. But I, I feel like he was the better back there. Uh, you know, does it save him some money? I suppose. You know, they did a – he had a lot of trouble with Tom Coughlin – and Coughlin's gone now, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, they they weren't going to re-sign him. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. They weren't going to re-sign him. So I suppose there's, there's, you know, something about taking a look at the guys you have and, and uh, you know, tanking. Uh, where does he go? I like the fit in Washington. I heard uh, uh, who was on that before Howard Bender uh, on Sirius XM. I forget what show is before. I told you because I'm tired. 
Uh, but they were talking about him maybe being interested in going to uh, New Orleans because if you've got uh, the last three days, Kamara's you know been unexcused. Uh, Fournette's from LSU. They're both going to be free agents next year, so maybe he wants to go home. I don't know. He, you know, he could go. He, he's, he'd be the best back in Chicago. He'd be the best back in Miami. You know, he'd be the best back in New England. He'd be the best back in Washington. You know, are any of them viable? I don't know. I, I don't know if he's the locker room cancer that he's made out to be sometimes. Um, but I, I think his value from an NFL contract definitely standpoint definitely takes a hit. And when you don't know what the future holds, your fantasy value takes a hit. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I guess there were some rumors that he might be released. But if anybody tells you they were expecting this, I'm gonna call BS. Uh, you know, expecting him not to be re-signed, expecting his role to be reduced, fine. Um, you know, the argument that we've seen a couple of arguments come out of the Jaguars camp. I think a lot of us, there was speculation earlier this morning that more was going to come out about there being a personality conflict or something else. Marone said that they tried to trade him and couldn't find anybody who would trade for him. I guess that's possible. Uh, you know, I don't remember them making a huge effort or a huge announcement about that. Usually even when teams are trying to keep it secret, they're shopping somebody, there's 45 NFL insiders that leaked that out. So that seemed weird. You know, Marone said two things that they're not tanking, that they're trying to win. And this puts them in the best place to win that that's really tough to swallow. Uh, and B that, that Fournette's style doesn't work with what they're trying to do with the offense. And while that might be true, I find it a little bit weird that they just outright release a guy that they didn't have to release. In terms of it saving them money, it only saves them money if he loses his grievance because they've voided all these guarantees and he filed a grievance. And the NFL hasn't heard the grievance, but they said they're going to accelerate to hear it now that he's been released from his team and that it was a non-amicable split. And if Jacksonville loses that grievance, all that guaranteed money they tried to void goes right back onto their salary cap. So it, it was a curious and surprising move. In terms of fantasy, I like Washington as the best possible location. I think that honestly does the least damage to people who've already drafted, redraft, and dynasty in terms of who, who he'd join. Fournette could have a chance to put up some decent numbers. And it's not like, you know, if you drafted Adrian Peterson to be your RB2, you were uh, had a draft strategy that was unconventional, to say the least. If you thought Antonio Gibson was going to be your savior this year, you had a draft strategy that was unconventional. My, you know... I don't think Dennis is wrong that he could potentially be the best back in Chicago or Miami, but what a bummer that would be. I actually think he'd be a, a terrible fit for the kind of system they run in New Orleans. I don't see that as something Sean Payton's going to take a chance for with a team that, that they think can get to the Super Bowl and that apparently the three of us all think can get to the Super Bowl. I'm not sure I buy the, the Leonard Fournette there, but you know, you definitely have to drop him. I, you, I don't know if you guys adjusted your ranks. I went to adjust my ranks. I didn't drop him out of the top 48, but I dropped him way down for the time being because there's a ton of places he could land where he joins some kind of godforsaken committee. If he went to New England, oh, man, what a bummer. 
Yeah, so, I have not and, adjusted mine uh, yet, but I will after this podcast. Credit, credit to speaking of football, uh, speaking of FB on Twitter, uh, Blake Bortles, top five pick by the Jaguars in 2014, Ouch. ended up with the Rams. Dante Fowler, top five pick by the Jaguars in 2015, ended up with the Rams. Jalen Ramsey, top five pick by the Jaguars in 2016, ended up with the Rams. Leonard Fournette, top five pick by the Jaguars in 2017. But that would be a place where it wouldn't do that much probably damage because people like Cam Akers long-term in Dynasty, that might still not be affected. Some people like myself think Darrell Henderson might get a shot, but nobody was really banking on them as a guaranteed top 20 running back. So while it hurts your shares there, it wouldn't be a horrible situation. I'm thinking like somebody floated today, what if Philly signs him? I might, you know, we all might need to to change this to like the happy hour podcast and and do something else because that would be savage. Shots all around. Well, yeah, that's why I saw everybody making the joke about him going to the New York Jets just because of the way they really seem to not want, they want to do everything they can to not make sure that Le'Veon Bell is the back for them. Uh, I'm with you on Washington. Uh, yeah, that was kind of the first name that popped up in my head. I know if you guys are on the Discord channel, you saw me post in there. I thought Washington, Miami, and Houston made the most sense to me. Um, I don't know if him going to Miami would really affect that much. Like, I think people – obviously, a lot of people did bank on Jordan Howard. I'm one of them. It's really going to hurt my Scott Fishbowl team if he goes to Miami because I grabbed Howard and Breida late as some kind of backup fill-in running backs, but – I wasn't necessarily counting on them a whole lot. Like, I feel like if he were to go there, if you were really banking your team on Howard or Brita to be like your RB2, I kind of feel like you messed up there to begin with. Uh, so I think him going to Washington or Miami is not a big deal. New Orleans is intriguing to me, but I don't think he goes there just because I think they believe so much in Murray. But hang on. Sorry, I'm doing that live. There's a mosquito over here. He's driving me crazy. Uh, Murray and Kamara, I think they believe so much in them now. We're about to get into some news with Kamara that I feel like adding Fournette in there may be just too much. But then again, they are, you know, as Matt, you just mentioned, Super Bowl contenders and having adding a guy like Fournette only helps you. It doesn't hurt you. Uh, so we'll, we'll, I think we'll know by Wednesday, I would think, because I think the waiver period is, is 48 hours, isn't it? So I think yeah, – like I don't that. know if it – I would imagine it, we will know by either Tuesday or Wednesday if Fournette's going to land somewhere. If not, that means he's a free agent, and then who knows what happens. But I, I can't imagine Fournette makes it through without being claimed by somebody. Can you imagine there, there's got to be one out there, but there's a Scott Fishbowl team out there. That took Fournette, yeah. Geis, David Montgomery, and took the upside waiting on receiver for Rager. Well, who's oh, just sitting on. there going, when are waivers going to run? Not even that. I got to figure out who posted something. It was it was hilarious when I saw it because I didn't even think about it. And they are in the Scott Fishbowl League as well. And he posted something. He's like, what is – he's like, I know there's a team that drafted some – he named everybody, and I was just like, holy crap, it is very possible for them to end up with all these players. And I can't well, even if you just had those four, it wouldn't be unreasonable if you were hammering RB2s. Well, yeah. And per a, an article on NBC Sports, the waiver period is 24 hours. So we'll know tomorrow if somebody claims okay. it. Yeah, that's I, I thought it was a little quicker. Well, and it was 
interesting. They didn't waste any time dropping them Monday morning because it was 6.45 a.m. here when I'm hearing it on on yeah. uh, NFL radio. So East Coast, you know, it was like, oh, it's 8.30. Let's cut Fournette. Yeah, it was. It was. I know. I was kind of surprised as we were just talking about. Some of us are. In, we're all in sleeper leagues, and I was trying to go in to see if I had. I knew I had Reichwell Armstead on a lot of teams because I had been pumping him up through off the uh, off season. He was a guy that more so for the long term play because I did not think Jacksonville would hold on to him. And I have seen a lot of the talk of Jacksonville talking about how much they liked Armstead in camp and everything. So I've kind of grabbed him anywhere I could. And I was trying to get on there to make sure I could get him in any leagues that he wasn't because I do think he's going to be the lead back there. So what do you guys think happens with Jacksonville now? I mean, I think we all kind of agree for and that's a hold. You don't know. There's no reason to trade him. As Dennis mentioned, you're not going to get his value. He could end up on a team like Washington and and or a Miami where he's going to get a lot of points going to either one of those because he'll likely be the lead back. He's better than anybody those guys have on the rosters. But what are you doing now with Jacksonville? You know, you've got Chris Thompson, Raquel Armstead. You've got Divine Exigbo, who I know Dennis is a big fan of. Like, how are you guys attacking this Jacksonville backfield now? You know, I had, I think, four shares. I rostered uh, Fournette in four different places, and – in three of the four, I, I have two shares of Ozigbo and one share of Armstead. Um, the other one, I think my team is deep enough to wait it out. He'll be, he was, I, I, I was actually just looking at it because uh, somebody was teasing me on uh, Sleeper about it. But so I, I had Fournette as my RB3 with Christian McCaffrey and Chris Carson. So he was in the flex. I've got Jalen Samuels and Josh Kelly on my bench. Probably not going to provide much of a, a, a much solace. So I'll end up going with wide receivers in the flex more, where I'm sitting with Kenny Stills, Chris Conley, Hunter Renfro, Steve Sims, uh, Brian Edwards. So it's just more of it. You know, if you had him, you. You know, you're you're somewhere between not admitting how much you were relying gonna rely on him and saying, Okay, well, I, I have I have one of his backups, so at least I should have somebody playable, uh, at least on a flex basis. Yeah, you know, I was yesterday for our site, I wrote a little bit about Montgomery uh, being banged up. Uh, you know, because Chicago's in kind of a situation too where they don't know if he'll be ready to go week one or if he'll miss a couple weeks. And behind him, they have Cohen, who's a decent receiving back, just like the, you know, the Jaguars have uh, Chris Thompson, who's a decent receiving back. But it's hard to imagine long term either of those guys kind of carrying the load. And one of my suggestions was, you know, we forget because we haven't gotten to enjoy preseason football, but typically Thursday will be the last day of preseason and cuts will come on Saturday. I believe they're still sticking to that cut down day schedule. You know, so teams have quietly been carrying around 80 players and they're going to have to go down to 53 practice squads are big, but I think team like Jacksonville and, you know, a team like Chicago who's just looking for temporary death or a team like Jacksonville who doesn't seem like, despite what Marone says, they're fully invested in trying to win their division this year, might go snag a veteran. So I, you know, I was 
unfortunately about to be on the clock on Sleeper, ironically, uh, when uh, the Fournette cut came. So I took Rackwell Armstead uh, as my, you know, RB5. There's a couple places I have him. You know, having Armstead or Thompson is great. Taking a flyer on a Zigbo uh, seems worthwhile. One of those guys or all those guys are going to get an opportunity. But my personal feeling is I'm not entirely confident that as much as they say they cut Fournette so that they could invest in these three guys that it's just these three guys and I think you're going to end up seeing we always do some talented veterans or some guys that have some upside are going to get set free on Saturday and teams that are thin in areas are going to go poach poach themselves something yeah you're you're muted Dennis I think Marone laid it all out there when he said that, uh, you know, what was it you said, Matt, that uh, Fournette just didn't fit well with what they were trying to do. And yeah, he doesn't, because Fournette doesn't like. Well, and the other. So he probably. The other question is if they're really looking for more of a runner receiver, Devonta Freeman still is sitting out there. And I have to imagine the closer we get to the season, the more inclined he is to look at like one, $2 million deals and just say to hell with it, I'm going to do a prove it deal and better to be on the field than be forgotten for a year. You know, so there's, there's still a couple of names out there and I think they're going to be more out there. I would imagine that's probably the, the Jaguars are going to add some, someone. I, I find it hard to believe they're going to roll with just the, the other reason being Chris Thompson has been electric at times when he's been on the field. In seven years, he's played 16 games one time. Yeah, I think if I had to lean on one guy, it's going to be Armstead. I just I think he can do a little bit of both. We know he can he can catch the ball a little bit. He's probably going to be the better runner, I think. I mean, we haven't seen a lot of Exigbo, so I can't say if he is or isn't going to be better than him. I've seen a little bit of Armstead. For me to think he's going to be the guy, I do think that they will rely some on Chris Thompson – but as you just mentioned, Matt, he's the dude has never stayed healthy. So I, I don't I would imagine even if he does play or it starts out, you know, he's gonna be great for you for those five, six games that he's healthy, and then he's likely gonna get hurt. So he's not a guy I want to rely on. I'm not hopefully having to rely on either one of these guys being your guy, you know, or your RB2. Hopefully it's just a flex option at this point. If not, I mean I will hope the best for you, but I feel like there's going to be a lot of issues this year. It's going to, it's going to be a weird season, kind of a, a very long discussion I was having in my home. One of my home league drafts this weekend is I feel like luck is going to play a huge factor in fantasy football this year, more compared to any other year, just based on, we have no idea what's going to happen with COVID. I think we're going to see a lot more soft tissue injuries. We've already seen a ton of injuries and I think all that stuff is just going to continue to pile up. I do have to say, though, if uh, Fournette lands in Indianapolis, which was rumored, Dennis, you're going to be doing the podcast by yourself next week. Yeah, I'm going to be very upset. Armstead caught 29 passes in college, and Mm -hmm. Ozigbo caught 49 passes in college. Yeah, Armstead had, what, 2,800 yards rushing for his career. Does anybody actually believe either of those guys is a better talent on the field than Fournette? I mean, I know if you don't grow, you have to to sell that you're not aiming to have one win this season that you're actually trying. I mean, his best line, I like when they played it, I I was laughing so hard I almost missed traffic. (laughs) But he's like, well, you know, if we get the number one pick, I probably am not going to be here. 
you know, I have to win games. And I'm like, oh, you're not going to be there anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't – I'm, I'm going to say on the college thing, I've really come around to realize that I don't think that matters at all on college stats because you could have gone in when Melvin Gordon came out and told me the dude can't catch a ball to save his life. And, uh, I mean, outside of this guy who doesn't believe in him, he he's made all of us realize he can catch the ball if he wants to. A lot of college offenses don't – don't placate to that. It's not It's not as big a deal, especially Reichel Armstead coming out of Temple. Pretty sure they weren't running any kind of offense that got the, the running backs involved in the pass-catching game. So, for me, I, I don't read too much into the college stats. He, he played a couple good games last year. You know, again, all we have to go on is what these beat writers say because we can't watch practice. We don't get to see preseason games this year. And I follow all the beat writers just so I can watch this stuff. And Jacksonville's – not just coaches, but beat writers have been saying that Armstead has looked great in practice, not just running the ball, but catching the ball as well. Again, it's practice. They're pro- most of the time not even going full contact right now. So there's only so much we can do. I'm just kind of taking what I can from, from what I've said on there. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, Armstead's going to go out there and look like CMC catching the ball or anything like that. I, I imagine Chris Thompson's going to be the receiving down back until at least he gets hurt. And then at that point, I, I don't know. All right, so we we predicted that that Jacksonville, or at least Fox and I predicted they would win three games. I think maybe you had them at two, Matt. I had them at two, uh, yeah. Does losing Fournette change anything there? No. I might for me. <laughs> I might put them more in the two to one range. I mean, you, for you me, don't think that maybe maybe Gardner now they put the pressure on Gardner and he just starts YOLOing it and they pull out, still pull out three wins. I think they're still going to be a bad team. I think I had them as the number one pick, so I feel com- more comfortable in that uh, because it wasn't just Fournette. I, I know you're going to get to it, but they shipped out Yannick and Gakwe too, yeah. uh, who is one of their few defensive stars remaining. It's just amazing to think that a team that was in the AFC Championship game in January of 2018 is a massive joke less than you know two years later yeah well i mean we could talk about Ngakwe really quick i mean i think a great move for minnesota they continue to improve their defensive line he signs a a new contract with them i think would they give up like a fifth round pick or something like that like, it was a even... second round pick, no, second. A conditional fifth that fifth. could go up gotcha. to a third depending okay. on but here's my question. I think the biggest question, obviously, they invest in Ngakwe. He, re, he redid his one-year deal. He basically took a $6 million pay cut to get out of Jacksonville. But Dennis and I had Minnesota, you know, around 500 being competitive. You had them at 4-12. and 12. Does this make you think about them any differently? No, because it's their offensive line that I have no faith in. Their defense is going to be good. Their defense is almost always good. I mean, their secondary is horrible, and I don't think their secondary improved any. So maybe it'll help the secondary and the fact that the quarterbacks might be get they you know the defensive line might get to the quarterbacks more often. But as much as I love Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen, I mean, and I, Dalvin Cook's good, but that offensive line was horrible. I just believe in the Packers and and the Lions more, and I just couldn't see a. There's just too many good teams in the NFC that I, I couldn't find a way to make the Vikings realistically good. And so that's why they got to four. Like I said, I'm, I think when we did our stuff, I'm clearly a bigger believer in a lot of the NFC West teams a little bit more than, than you guys were. And I think that's what kind of came into 
to the changing in my rankings because you guys weren't as high on on Arizona and the Rams as I was. Like I I wanted all four teams in the playoffs, and I just kept thinking, well, probably not realistic. So I need to adjust some things here and there. My biggest fear is, you know, last year this time, this is how I felt about Seattle. I thought that they had a few talented players, but they also had a lot of holes, and they were going to be like right around a five hundred. Uh, team and they made that deal and got clowny and it seemed to give them some kind of energy and they ended up being one of the best teams in the NFC and now I'm like if that happens with Minnesota and I'm watching Captain Clutch and the in the NFC Championship <laughs> game I'm gonna yearn for 2020 again. PFT uh, also on Roto World today reported that Riley Reef said he expects Minnesota to cut him their left tackle. So he's 31. Oh, I think wow. he's been fairly mediocre, but he's the best of a a, a poor lot. And uh, because he, they owe him 21 million over the next two years, 11 million next year, non guaranteed. And so I think if he doesn't take a pay cut, they're going to, you know, jettison him and move somebody else out there to left tackle. Maybe Dalvin Cook. Yeah, yeah. Possibly. <laughs> now they'll move Kyle Rudolph over there and let Irv Smith play tight end or vice versa. <laughs> All right, so uh, I mentioned earlier we were going to talk a little bit about Kamara. I'm going to group him and Mixon together because there's rumors that they are both not participating in camp. Now, Mixon has been at camp but been complaining of migraines, so he has not practiced. Kamara has now been absent for three days. Uh, from camp and practice, and a lot of it is being rumored that they're in possible like holdout situations because they want new contracts. Uh, obviously, if you guys drafted this weekend, that's not great news. I know in my home redraft, Kamara was he was a keeper, but he still went as pick. A, he went in the first round, and then Joe Mixon actually went at pick twenty three overall. So he fell a little bit just due to that news, but still went into the second round. What are your guys' thoughts on on them? Do you think that they're going to play? Because again, the even though there's the new, uh, not rule, what is it? The, the new stuff in the collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, about yeah. that. That yeah. doesn't apply to guy. That doesn't apply to guys on their rookie deals, though. That's only guys who've signed their deals. So rookie deals is a little bit different. Are you guys worried about them possibly holding out? What are, What are your guys' thoughts on that? And then, if say Kamara and Mixon hold out, how are you attacking those backfields in uh, New Orleans and Cincinnati? Well, I think with Melvin Gordon, he showed us that, you know, anybody can hold out. You know, it, they they could both hold out. They could neither hold out. I think Mixon is sort of getting painted with a broad brush here, though, because he has does have a history of migraines. And from everything I've seen, he basically has said he's been dealing with migraines versus Kamara, who has said, I want a new contract and I'm holding out is what I've seen or I'm has an unexcused absence from practice for three straight days. Uh, I feel like Kamara maybe just sending a message and he'll be back in. They'll, they'll work something out. There's not a lot of NFL players that get a, uh, NFL running backs, not players, running backs that get a big second contract. And I think Kamara has shown that he's worthy, maybe not of a top three contract, but somewhere in that three to six or seven range is where he, he, he can fall. He's a great receiving back, an adequate runner. Um, 
he hasn't shown that he can hold up long-term running the ball 15 to 20 times a game. But the way they use him, he he's he's a star. Uh, if he does hold out, you know, I don't. They've got Lat Murray and Ty Montgomery. Um, you know, I'd rather have Alvin Kamara, uh, Joe Mixon. You know, they've got Gio Bernard and Travion Williams. Uh, I'd rather have Joe Mixon. I don't think Ben Holden out. But hey, Leonard Fournette got cut, so I could be wrong. Yeah, the Mixon. Thing seems a little bit weird because it feels like just a couple weeks ago we were talking about how uh, you know he seems close to to re-signing with them long term and wasn't asking for very much money. I, I think that could be people just trying to read into it. Uh, Kamara, you know, I if Cook didn't successfully hold out after all of his bluster and ended up coming back, you know, we saw what happened with Bell. We've seen where it hasn't really worked out for these guys. Uh, I guess he could try holding out. I I personally don't think he will, but that is a team where I think if they thought he was going to stay away, they that to me feels like the best potential fit for a Devonta Freeman in terms of skill set. I'm not saying he's on the same level, but same division, so they've seen him plenty. Uh, he brings kind of that multi. I think he would be a better fit. Like if we were talking about him or Leonard Fournette looking to add somebody there, I think he would be a better fit for the way that New Orleans plays than Fournette. You must. I think you're muted. My bad. I do think that uh, they. Um, I actually don't. I think both of them will end up playing because Mixon. I think is too important. To Cincinnati, especially having Joe Burrow back there now as your lead quarterback, you need, in my opinion, your best offensive player on the field, which is Mixon. And Kamara, I could almost honestly see a Zeke situation repeating itself in New Orleans here where if they say they can't get a Leonard Fournette or they don't want to pay a Devonta Freeman, you're, this is your window. And so I do think in a way Kamara's doing what Zeke did and like, look, I know this is your window, but this is my chance to get paid. And so maybe he sits and they want Kamara because they want to help Breeze possibly get that last Super Bowl win before he retires, that maybe they just end up paying him whatever. I mean, I don't know how it's going to work out. I think if you're a Kamara or Mixon owner, I'm not going to overpay to get their, their backups. You're just going to have to kind of wait it out for now. In my opinion, I, I don't, you know, obviously Geo showed that he can carry the load when he's the guy, but he also has injury issues. You know, I don't know really. I mean, Travion Williams, I don't think he's an every down back. He's a good pass catcher. Maybe he can get you 10, 15 carries, but I'm not expecting much out of him. And then we know Murray, though, can carry the load. So it'll be interesting to see if they bring someone in uh, besides Murray if Kamar decides to hold out. But I think at this point, you just kind of have to to hold tight and hope that neither one of them holds out and they're going to be there for your teams. I think that's it. Oh, really quick, Jalen Rager, before we go into our um, our NFL stuff. Uh, Jalen Rager hurt his shoulder. Go ahead. A little bit of breaking news. Yeah. So Ian Rappaport and Mike Garofalo are reporting that the NFL has taken over the – investigation into the conduct of, with the Washington Redskins, which feels like maybe the first step toward making him sell the Washington team because football of team. creating, yeah, making him create uh, for him, creating a, an atmosphere of harassment. 
Well, I feel like a lot of Washington football fans are very happy right now because I feel like they've been asking, right. they've been wanting him to sell the team for a long time. So, hey, that's good. I'm not, I'm, I mean, I guess some internal investigations don't turn out so bad. I know when this kind of happened, I think it was two years ago now with Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, you know, they did an internal investigation. I think the difference there is Mark Cuban came out and owned all of it as it being his fault being the owner of the organization, where it kind of seems like Schneider has not done that at all. He's kind of come out and said, oh, well, it's these people, not me. Uh, so right. I'm, I'm all for it, man. I'm, I mean, I don't I don't know. I'm not a Washington fan, so I, I don't know how bad of an owner he is. I hear a lot of Washington fans complaining about how bad of an owner he is. And if he is part of the reason why that culture is the way it is, then in my opinion, good riddance. Uh, so Jalen Rager did uh, hurt his shoulder in practice the other day. Uh, I find this very funny in the fact that he did it while uh, tackling a defender who picked off Jalen Hurts, which just seems kind of, you know, not a waste of time in my opinion, especially as someone who drafted Rager in a lot of leagues this year, expecting something from him. Uh, but they're saying he's likely going to be out probably only two to four weeks. I know he's supposed to get an MRI today. I haven't seen anything outside of that. Uh, so if you have Rager, I, I mean, if you're in a redraft league with a shallow bench, maybe you drop him, but I think he's only maybe going to miss opening week and he should be back. Philly is decimated with injuries right now. So I think once Rager comes back, he's still going to be the top dog up there with Ertz and Goddard. So I wouldn't be too scared uh, for Rager. Do you guys have any, anything you want to say on Rager before we move on to our NFL awards? The Greg Ward disrespect is palpable. <laughs> so I mean, our guys over at, nerds today gosh i wish i could remember which one it was uh was throwing out the go by jj Ortega Whiteside for a fourth yeah yeah because jeffrey's still on pup right and there's no lock he's uh, coming back yeah there, i Early think there months. was rumors that he might be ready but he's not a hundred percent for the start of the season i would imagine he's going to end up on pup but i don't think it's been confirmed that's what they're going to do I mean, Jeffrey hasn't been 100% about four years. Yeah. Ever, probably. <laughs> but, I mean, DJX really only had one incredible game last year. Our Sega Whiteside, they have Greg Ward. It's uh, Joe Reed. Yeah, it's bad. It's no, John Hyde. Sorry, John yeah, John Hyde. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Or Quez Watkins. Yeah. I mean, to me, this is – Great for week one for Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard, and Zach Ertz. I actually readjusted my tight ends mm-hmm. rankings and put Ertz back up because I think they're pretty much going to be, you know, it sounds like they're almost going to have to start the year in the condition they were last year where it's like, thank God we have these two tight ends of Miles Sanders, and we'll just hope one of the Jags that we have out there at receiver can actually catch the ball if we have to throw it at them. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. Um, I was a little disappointed to hear that because I think that news came out like an hour after we drafted. And I only I took him in like the fourteenth round, so it's not like a not like I was expecting much out of him. I think he's like my wide receiver six on that team, but still, I was kind of excited to have him just in case he blows up. And then, of course, that news hits me. Then you got the he DeAndre Swift news. The way you were expecting. 
Yeah, and then Matt's over here talking about Fournette to to Indy, and I drafted Jonathan Taylor in the third round. So, like, my whole redraft team has gone to shit in the past two days. Fournette to Detroit was another rumor. God, I drafted Swim, too, in the sixth round. So, Well, there's a lot of places he could end up. That's what I'm saying. I feel like we're at the time and space in a year that has been nothing but a dream killer. That Fournette's gonna, however bad you think it could be, it's almost like when we were at the draft and we were like, "Here's all the five ideal landing spots for this player," and they went to some place. And on draft night, you're like, "What the actual f?" And I feel like Fournette's about to give us one of those "What the actual f?" A team we didn't even realize was looking for a running pack. The New York Giants. All you Barkley, all you Barkley fans, about to get pissed off, including myself. Well, I'm Barkley. Hey, might have the shortest tenure in the history of time if he signs for net and benches Barkley first. For hey, I'd be for it at that point if that happens. For net, Green Bay Packer. You know what? That would be a dream crusher. That I wouldn't be surprised. You know, we we still have not been able to get Green Bay to free Aaron Jones, so. All right, NFL time. We're going to talk about some of the uh, who we think is going to win some of these awards here. We'll start with uh, the NFL passing yards. Who do you guys think leads the league in NFL passing? The top Vegas odds have it as Mahomes, Breeze, Brady, Rodgers, Ryan, Prescott, Murray, Goff, Jackson, and Wilson. Who are you guys going with? I went with the same as Dennis, Mahomes. Yeah. I have Mahomes. I I feel like there's going to be significant number of targets to the running back. Uh, I don't know that they have a running back that's going to rush for more than 750 yards, maybe 700 yards. Uh, but I could see CEH going 750 on the ground and 750 through the air to go with thousand yard seasons with by Hill and. Uh, Oh, who's the tight end? Kelsey. Kelsey. You know, so now now you're pushing 3,000 yards there, and then you scatter around another, you know, 1,800 yards. Yep. So I, I just – I mean, they're they're going to be a passing team uh, more so, I think, than, than most. I, you know, I, I looked I, – I, I wanted – I mean, I, I'm calling Dak Prescott QB – two or three in, in fantasy. I forget where exactly I put him. I Three 1,000-yard season or uh, three 1,000-yard receivers is what I'm looking at there in Dallas. And so I really wanted – I tried to figure out a way to convince myself to go Prescott over Mahomes. Uh, I think it'll be close, but I do think Mahomes is going to eke it out over Prescott when it comes to passing yards. Well, you can call for it all you want, but I was the only one who had the balls to call for Dak Prescott, and I hate Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, but See, that is the, what I'm going with. The theme of this offseason has been making us all uh, be the highest on the thing. Pick the guy trying. you hate. Yeah, well, I, exactly. I Carolina sucks <laughs> and somehow you guys end up with me having them the best <laughs> So Dak is who you deserve. Right, hey, you know what? I'm I'm gonna be all I'm I'm gonna go all in. I'm gonna take Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. This is the first year I've predicted them to have a winning record. I think on the podcast, I'm obviously hoping that Ceedee Lamb gets involved because I love Lamb, love Gallup, loves love Zeke. Just don't really love Dak and Amari Cooper. No, I mean I actually do like Dak. I just don't like Amari Cooper. No, uh, but I didn't get the full chest tattoo of Dak eating his Campbell soup. 
No, I will not. I'll get a, a, a full chest tattoo of Zeke. Go with the Dolphin Zeke Tramp eating, stamp. But exactly, not, I'm not getting the Dolphin Tramp stamp. Barker is getting the Lightning Bolt Tramp stamp because Justin Herbert is an absolute stud. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Dak. I just I like the team around him. We saw it last year they leaned more more pass heavy. I think that will continue this year as well. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm gonna really regret saying this, but I, I just I feel like. Mahomes can't lead the league every year in passing, right? Like something well, didn't last year. Well, I know, but I mean, like everybody picks Mahomes, like the for sure thing. I, just, I think, I think this can be Prescott's year. He's been so close uh, last year. I think this is a year he takes that that little bit of a step forward. Uh, so who do you guys have as the NFL leading rusher? I thought this last one was funny, obviously, but I did this show shoot up before the news dropped today. Uh, NFL odds had it as. Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Chris Carson, Joe Mixon, and then Leonard Fournette. Who are you guys going with to lead the NFL in rushing? Uh, not, not Fournette, <laughs> though it would be so 2020 for him to sign somewhere and then go out and lead the league in yeah. rushing. Just sign with Indy, uh, I, crush all of us Jonathan Taylor hope, all of our Jonathan Taylor hopes, and then lead the league in rushing. I, I went with Nick Chubb. I, I, I feel like he's looking at a 1,700, 1,800-yard season. Yeah, I wanted to go uh, with Chubb, but I decided that Dennis and I can't be the same on every or it's going to be the most boring show ever. So I went with Henry um, because I still think Tennessee is predominantly a rushing uh, team, and you know, obviously they invested back in him. Um, he finally seems to be with a coaching staff in an offense that wants to commit to using him. Um, you know, because we had seen flashes of it in previous years last year. It feels like they kind of put it together. So uh, so I went with him. Uh, I went with Chubb as well. I mean, I kind of already said that on the uh, – when we did our running back rankings, I said that even though I, ha- I had Chubb at six, I think, five or so six, and I think it was because – Did you go with him because of hashtag analysis, or did you go with him because of homerism? Both, both. It's a little bit of both. I think. The answer uh, is yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, no, I, I mean, I did. I said it on the. I, I do think Kareem Hunt's obviously going to eat into his catches, but I said you can't, in my opinion, lower Chubb that much in your rankings because of how good of a runner he is. I think they're going to lean on him with an improved offensive line. I think when they get up in games, which I think might actually happen this year and them not always be behind, they're going to try and grind it out. And while I'm sure Hunt's going to get some carries, they're going to lean heavier, heavier on Chubb. He just missed leading the league in rushing last year to Derrick Henry when Freddie Kitchen stupidly benched him for the entire second half of that game, and then Derrick Henry went off for like 200-plus yards in that last game uh, to end up beating Chubb by 40 yards or something like that uh, to win the league rushing title last year. I think this is going to be Chubb's year. I'm expecting a huge year for him. So set it on the running back rankings episode. I'm not going to change my answer now, so I'm sticking with Chubb. I added two more. I'm adding more categories on there. Just so you guys know, you can double check the show sheet because I forgot about him. Uh, so most uh, most receiving yards this year, top candidates per Vegas: Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin's, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham Jr., Tyree Kill, Adam Thielen, Devontae Adams, and Amari Cooper. Who are you guys picking? Or I guess I'll go first since I haven't gone first yet. I'm taking Devontae Adams. Uh, I think he is the only game in town for Green Bay. I know there's a lot of talk for Lazard right now, and I'm sure he's going to have a good year. But the year Adams was putting up last year looked like it was going to be a huge year, and then he ended up getting that turf toe. I'm, I'm 
thinking Adams is going to continue that trend forward this year. He's in, I think, a contract year this year. He's only got one yeah. other year. Yeah, so going into a contract year this year, I think he really wants to get paid if it's not going to be with Green Bay. So I'm expecting a huge year from Devontae Adams. I'm going to take him as my pick. Who do you guys have? No, I I like I like Adams a lot, but he's just he he just doesn't seem to put up the yardage that the other receivers do. Uh, I'm going with Julio Jones. Julio has been a yardage monster uh, year after year after year. You know, he's he's a 14, 15, 1600 yard guy. He's in a high volume passing offense. And I get that some people love Calvin Ridley, but Calvin Ridley's a two. He is the two there. Uh, Hayden Hurst is the tight end, and he's going to be high volume for a tight end. But they throw the ball more than just about any other team in the NFL. And most of those throws, the biggest portion of that volume goes to Julio Jones. And Julio is going to rack up the yardage. Uh, 1,500, 1,600 season, yard season incoming. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I forgot about Adams. Um, I might have picked him. I think that's going to be close. But I went with Michael Thomas. All right. Interesting. So well, I guess before I'll we move on, on, hey, I, I got a quick, quick question from the Discord chat. So, oh, okay. uh, 14 team PPR, uh, Cortland Sutton plus to get DeAndre Hopkins. Plus what? Plus a first, plus two first. At, at least a first. That's what I, I said, at least a first. See, I, I'm going to be honest. As much as I love Sutton, I, I have I have Hopkins on a couple teams. I'm probably still not taking that trade, though. Like, I think that's well, a fair offer. But taking trades, good trades. I told you, I can't take it. I, I, my, I, that will kill my flex spot. I can't put, as much as I love Hakeem Butler, I can't put Hakeem Butler in my flex spot. I'm, I'm limited with my options right now. It just depends on if you're trying to score points. I am yeah. trying to score points. That's the name of the game. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think I am. Trying to score that. points like Doug Moreau does and then make that trade. Okay. Yeah. I try. I think I answered that question in there. That was my. I said at least a first. It may cost you, you know, two firsts or first and a second. If you found somebody who's a, you know, I like Sutton a lot, and I believe he's going to take a step up. I think I would still hedge my bet and want a first. You may, if you found a true believer, be able to do it for a second. If somebody was down on, um, you know, down on Hopkins because of the move or thought thought highly of Christian Kirk. That's that's where I, I feel like it's not just, you know, I've heard the argument that people are down on uh, Sutton a little bit because the, because of the com- increased competition he's going to face from Judy and Hamler. You just don't hear those kind of arguments about Hopkins, who's a guy who has a longer track record of proving it in crappier offenses. Um, some people have questions about Drew Locke. Some people have questions about the competition Sutton's going to face. I don't think he has a high enough value that you can get away with anything less than a first. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like it would be a first, I, maybe a late first, if depending on what your belief in Sutton is and your belief in the effect of uh, switching teams and Hopkins getting older. Do you believe in Kyler Murray? Uh, but, I mean, Sutton was better with uh, Emmanuel Sanders than he was without him. 
So yeah. the whole Jerry Judy is going to take take targets away from you know Jerry Judy is going to take defenders away from Cortland Sutton. That's what Jerry Judy is going to do. And Cortland yeah. Sutton, you know, like I predicted last week, fourteen hundred yard season for Cortland Sutton. Uh-huh. Or, or did I say twelve? Well, that no, he said fourteen, and that's what I'm saying. If you found like a true passionate believer, you might be able to package Sutton in a in a second and make it happen. I just that's a risk. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it all just depends on on. You're gonna have to if this is in your league. You're gonna have to hope that this person isn't as high on Hopkins like Matt said with him going to Arizona. Like I'm still someone who believes Hopkins. I know a lot of people. I've. I don't really want to get into some people's rankings, but I saw some a very. I don't, want, I don't know if you want to say prominent, but someone who is very, I guess, prominent on Twitter, very highly followed on Twitter for their fantasy advice, has him ranked as wide receiver seventeen this year. I, I just don't see how that's possible. I, I, he is too good. I still have him in my top five. I know a lot of people, including people who work for major websites, saying that there's no way he finishes in the top five. I, I just don't see it. And so for me, I would – now, if, if someone came to me, I'll be honest, because I am someone who loves draft picks because of how much I love college football. If Matt were to come to me today and be like, hey, man – well, if Matt wouldn't trade me Cortland Sutton. If Dennis were to come to me today and be like, hey, I've got Cortland Sutton and these two first-round picks next year for DeAndre Hopkins, that I would probably do because I believe in myself enough to think, hey, I'm going to get two – I know I can get two studs in the first round next year. Now- what if it was Cortland Sutton, two first round picks, Ryan Tannehill, or wait, and Justin Herbert for Hopkins, Ryan <laughs> I Tannehill, I don't have the depth. I want to do it. I want Justin Herbert. I don't have the depth. Yeah, I, so for me, I, I would need, I think it is fair to say a first round, maybe even a second rounder, and Sutton is, is fair for Hopkins but it's going to have to play into what they really think about Hopkins. If you have someone like me who really believes in him, I don't think that's going to be enough to get it done. I think it is going to cost two first. And even then, I would be slightly hesitant to do the deal because even though Sutton I don't think is is far off from Hopkins starting this year and moving forward, I still think Hopkins has the better range of outcomes to finish top five for the next couple years than Sutton does, I guess is the way I would put it. So The other thing for me that – that you have to factor in is league size, whereas you might get away with uh, with a little less in a 10-team league. Yeah. I've noticed when you get to 14 and 16, people are more precious with the people they think can be top performers yeah. at a position. Yeah, right. exactly. There you go, Hulk Goat Smash. That's us. That's what <laughs> we think about your trade. All right, so I'll go first on this one because I just added these. I forgot to put these on here the other day. They didn't have the Vegas odds, so I kind of completely forgot about putting these on there. Uh, But who do you think has the most passing touchdowns in 2020? I went with Matt Ryan, uh, kind of based on what Dennis was talking about. I do think that they're going to be very pass-heavy. They were last year as well. I'm not as big a believer in Todd Gurley having a huge year this year. Plus, we've seen he is very good out of the backfield as well. Uh, we saw a lot of that with Devonta Freeman when Freeman was healthy. Ryan kind of hitting him on those those quick plays out of the backfield and allowing him to score. So I'm going to go with Matt Ryan uh, this year for me on most passing touchdowns. Matt, who do you have? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Dak Prescott. Um, I think they're going to be very pass heavy, and that's uh, for one of the questions when we get a little further down. That's one of the reasons I had him there. So I think he'll end up with the most – 
I, I agree with the, the Dak take. Uh, you know, if they're going to have three 1,000-yard receivers, uh, you got to believe a bunch of them are going to be going into the end zone. All right, so most receiving touchdowns, I'll admit this is like 99% homerism, 1% analyst. I'm going to go with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, I mentioned it uh, when we did our wide receiver rankings. I do think that he is going to have a huge bounce back year with Baker. I think he's going to be the one. I think they're going to look for him in the red zone. A lot of people expecting it to be Hooper. I think it's going to be Chubb, Beckham as the first two options. I think Beckham kind of returns to that. You know, I don't want to say glory, but more of what we saw from him in New York this year with a with I'm going I'm going 13 touchdowns. I think he's going to lead uh, the league at wide receiver for touchdowns. Uh, Dennis, who are you going with? I am going with. Are, are we on receiving touchdowns? That yes, we're yes, at? receiving touchdowns. Okay. Uh, I'm going with Kenny Galladay. Uh, more homerism. Uh, he's the guy there. And Detroit, it, you know, last year through eight games with a healthy Stafford, uh, they were on uh, quite a roll with the passing game. I think they'll pick up right where they left off. Their line is a better pass blocking line, I think, than they are running run blocking line. And uh, with uh, a fresh and healthy TJ Hawkinson to add uh, there to take some pressure off Galladay, down the middle, that's going to open Galladay up on the outside some. So I, I do like Galladay to lead the uh, uh, NFL in receiving touchdowns. And I went with Devontae Adams because if uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't forcing him the ball in the middle of the field, he's sure as hell going to be forcing him the ball in the red zone. Uh, you know, not a lot of experience, not a lot of uh, – trust and rapport built up there. They couldn't work on any of that in game situations in the preseason. I think uh, Adams is going to be, you know, the guy he's locked on to. All right. And then most rushing touchdowns. Uh, I kind of went with the guy that Matt mentioned, or I'm sorry. No, I didn't. I thought, wait, yeah, I did. Didn't I? Yes. Okay. I went with a uh, Derrick Henry. I do think that they are going to be very rush heavy and especially when they get down into the red zone. Uh, you know, I like AJ Brown like Jonu Smith, but I don't think that they're necessarily going to be big red zone threats. I think it's going to be mostly Henry. Uh, so I see him easily getting the most rushing touchdowns uh, this year. Uh, Dennis, who do you have? Uh, I, I'm uh, I'm with you on Henry. I, I've been sitting here looking at my rankings and, and playing through in my head what I think uh, – who, who I think could lead the league in rushing. You know, McCaffrey is going to catch a lot of passes – Yes, he rushes the ball a lot, but uh, uh, Saquon, Elliott, you know, if, if Dak is going to lead the league in passing touchdowns, then Elliott's probably not going to lead the league in rushing touchdowns. Kamara, he does get a, a pretty high number of chances in the red zone, but I still don't think enough to lead the league in rushing. I think he would probably uh, – some of the passing would cut that in. And so, it, you know, it just kind of comes down to what's left, and, and that's Derrick Henry. It's not going to be Drake. It's not going to be Mixon or Cook. Uh, I don't think Sanders. So I'm sticking with Drake. Not going for 20 touchdowns for Aaron Jones? <laughs> no, no, it's, it's possible. But, you know, he, again, all, they weren't all rushing for Jones. 16 of them were. Yeah. 
Matt, who uh, do you have? I went with Saquon Barkley. Uh, I just, you know, I think he, I think he's due for a big bounce back year. Um, you know, I think a new coaching staff and a new approach. They invested in their offensive line in the draft and in the off season. I think when they get down close, they're going to try to punch the ball in. I don't think that they have a, you know, Evan Ingram when he's been healthy as a guy that that they seem to look at at the goal line. I don't know if any of the other three receivers strike me as you know dominant, you know, goal line area receivers. So I think it's going to be a, a good year for Barkley. All right, best quarterback for fantasy this year. Matt, kick it off. I'm going with the man, the myth, the legend, Dak Prescott. <laughs> Dennis, what about you? I agree. You know, Dak is typically good for, what, 350 yards and six touchdowns on the ground at a nearly oh, 5,000. Yeah, I know. I was waiting to see where he's going, where he was going with that. Dennis, <laughs> What was that? We thought you were talking about yeah, we thought you were talking about 350 yards and six touchdowns a game before you added you like oh. you said it and then you paused and then added rushing and we were both like, "Oh shit, okay." Dak Prescott's oh, MVP. He's pretty typical, pretty typical 350 yards rushing on the season and six touchdowns. Uh but then he's going to pass for close to 5,000 yards and lead the league in touchdowns. Uh potentially let's see did I pick him yeah to lead the league in passing touchdowns so it's been shown that if you're going to be the QB one you have to at least have some rushing capability you you don't have to have 1200 yards like Lamar but three to six hundred yards on the ground if you're gonna uh, lead the league in fantasy points from the the quarterback position and I think Dak fits into that mold pretty comfortably uh, so for me, I went Kyler Murray. I talked about this a little bit on the quarterback episode. I think it's going to be a bigger year for him rushing and throwing the ball. Adding a guy like Hopkins doesn't hurt at all. Uh, you know, I did still have technically Mahomes over him, but I think where you can get Murray, while it's not much later than Mahomes, you can get him a couple rounds later. And I think he's going to be right up there with with Prescott, Mahomes, and Lamar is one of the best quarterbacks. So I'm going I'm to give him just a slight edge here. Uh, he's a guy that I'm really banking on on this year, so chances are he's going to suck. Best running back for fantasy this year. I am going with Saquon Barkley. I know a lot of people think CMC and would not be surprised if it ends up being CMC. Uh, if I'm going to be honest, if we're sitting in redraft right now or startups, as long as it's not super, maybe even a super flex. If it's 1-1, still taking Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but I do expect a big year from Barkley this year. I think he, he's going to be right there into the discussion with CMC, if not beating him. Uh, at the running back position for fantasy. what? Uh, who do you guys have? Uh, so I also went with Barkley. It's so hard to repeat as the number one running back. CMC could have a great year and end up RB2 to RB4, and no one would be surprised. I don't believe as much in Carolina. I, I'm not a huge uh, Giants record person either, but I, I like I said, I think – Barkley gets a little more work of the goal line manages to stay healthy, gets more passing. Uh, I think he ends up going back to be the number one. Yeah, he's he's the unquestioned running back in New York. Daniel Jones showed last season that he could make some plays. They've got a solid receiving core, uh, three good wide receivers, 
and when healthy, a really good tight end in Ingram. So when you add Slayton and Tate and Shepard and Ingram into that passing game, then that's going to open things up for Barkley, give him some more room to operate. So I, I feel like he's in, we've seen him be really good in the passing game. So he's going to be out there. There's, there's no threat to his position on the depth chart. There's no timeshare. Barkley plays when he wants to play and he comes out only because he wants to come out. They're not, it's much like CMC. They're not, they're not looking to share the ball. Uh, it's only if he decides he needs a breather. So it's, it's Saquon Barkley. But I, I agree, you still take CMC at 101 just because, just, I mean, the probability of him being, of him not busting is super high. I mean, we've, yeah. we've seen Barkley have a couple iffy years with injuries, and whatnot. Uh, but, you know, six of one, half a dozen of another. Uh, so best wide receiver for fantasy, I went uh, Devontae Adams. Mentioned it earlier. I think he's going to lead the league in receiving yards. I think he's going to be right up there in the touchdown category as well. Again, contract year, it's Aaron Rodgers' guy. I'm buying all in on Adams this year. As long as he stays healthy, I think you're going to see a special season uh, from him as Green Bay. I know I was, I think, had that best record for them when the three of us, but I think all three had us had them in the playoffs. I think they're – yes, yeah, uh, I think they're going to have to rely heavily on on Jones and, and Rodgers and Adams this year more than ever because I, I just don't – I'm not as big a believer in Liz, – I like Lazar, but I don't think he's going to take this big step forward everybody else has. And I think Sternberger is still a, at least a year away from being anything at tight end. So all in on Adams. Uh, Dennis, who do you have? I am going with Julio Jones. You know, there's a, a – misnomer out there that Julio doesn't score touchdowns, but he's usually good for about eight touchdowns. I think he's had a couple double digit years. Now he's had a couple stinker years too. And, and, and I think that sort of has developed this narrative around him. But when you throw out 1500 yards, nine or 10 touchdowns, a uh, hundred receptions, uh, Julio is going to be out there racking up points. Yeah. And I went with Michael Thomas, you know, uh, I just think he's really good. I think the Saints are going to try to roll back and do uh, a lot of the same kind of attack and strategy they did last year and try to have a better end result in the playoffs. And I just think he's he's going to be right up there again, especially with all the receptions and targets. Uh, you know, I think Sanders can have a good year, but, you know, he's not going to take away from Michael Thomas. All right, so on to some NFL awards. Coach of the year, before we go to Coach of the Year, a report just came out that looks like the Kansas City Chiefs are looking to lock up Brett Veach and Andy Reid through 2025. So good for them coming off their, their Super Bowl win. Uh, while I don't think Andy Reid is necessarily going to be in Coach of the Year, I, mean, I guess he deserves to be because I expect the Chiefs to be like 14-2, and two, but I don't think he'll get the award. Uh, the top Vegas odds have it as Sean McDermott, Mike Tomlin, Bill O'Brien, Mike Vrabel, Vic Fangio, John Gruden, Mike McCarthy, and Matt Patricia. Who are you guys going with? I'll let you guys go first. Uh, I went 
I went with Matt Patricia. He wasn't on your list. I added him so that I could. Oh, my bad. I thought he was on there. But, okay. I, so I went with Matt Patricia because, if you remember, I had uh, Detroit winning the North and, and making the playoffs. I think if that happens, that's going to be a pretty epic turnaround from third overall pick to the third seed in the NFC. So that was that was my pick. Yeah, I, I, I don't have them uh... – uh, win in the division, but I do have them making the playoffs. And so I went with Patricia as well. Uh, I just, I, I feel like he's, you know, him and uh, Flores and O'Brien out of that Belichick tree, they're all kind of doing it similarly and differently. I think it's easy to get wrapped up in uh, Patricia's personality sometimes and you know, he's this kind of goofy guy with the pencil over his ear. But, uh, you know, he seems to be making progress, putting the team together uh, like he wants it. And they seem to be performing for him uh, a little better and a little better and a little better. Uh, I think this is the year they, they take a step. So I, I went with Patricia as well. Uh, I'm just going all in. Kevin Stefanski. Can't take a team that went six and ten the year before, go eleven and five, compete for a division title, and not win coach of the year. So I'm going Stefanski. If if he is really able to take this team that obviously had all the hype last year, uh, then coming into this year, where I, I I do think a lot of people like Cleveland, but I don't see quite the same hype, which I'm I'm happy with. If he is really able to turn him into a team that I think all three of us predicted to be a playoff team and have good record. Uh, especially in that division with Pittsburgh and Baltimore as well. I think I think he if he doesn't win it, I think he's going to be right there with the top honors. Uh, obviously, I do think Matt Patricia is a, is a good choice as well. I did not have Detroit in. I had him just outside finishing 10-6. and six, But if he is able to do that, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he won it as well. Uh, I think he's got a really good shot. John Gruden is another one that I'm, if he ends up taking the Raiders to the playoffs like me and Dennis think he can, he I think he might be in that discussion as well. Fucking skip. Um, rookie of the year. I will go first. Uh, I've been all in on him, so I'm not going to back off him now. Jonathan Taylor. I think he, he's he's the runaway rookie of the year favorite, in my opinion. Uh, it was not even listed that way. Actually, I don't think there was. Yeah, it was he was not even on the list uh, for rookie of the year honors per Vegas. It was Burrow to a Swift Lamb Judy. I added Taylor on there, uh, but I'm all in on Jonathan Taylor having a monster season for the Colts. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, CD Lamb. I, you know, I think he's going to have a good year, and Dallas is going to uh, have a good season. Uh, I think that'll be the rising tide that lifts him up. Well, you guys make some excellent, excellent points. Um, let me tell you why you're wrong. Uh, no, I, I, those are both. I, 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 I like Taylor. I think if if we're looking at the 2021. I think you're looking at Jonathan Taylor being possibly a top five pick. Uh, I think you're looking at C.D. Lamb, especially if they clear out some of the traffic there in Dallas. You might be looking at him as a top 15 pick. But I think if you're going to sit here by you, I mean me, sit here and say that uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to rush for 750 yards uh, and he's going to catch enough passes to rack up 750 yards and the chiefs are going to push deep into the playoffs uh deeper than dallas deeper than indianapolis uh 
well, they're going to make the playoffs where Indianapolis isn't. Uh, I think I think you're looking at Clyde Edwards-Alaire as the rookie of the year. Uh, so interesting tagline there. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, I don't think will be rookie of the year. Uh, I don't. Uh, he does have a phenomenal offensive line, uh, but I don't think he plays much. He also has thoughts on the 49ers. I think 49ers are going to be a great team this year. I, I wouldn't. I think they're going to end up winning that. Div- I think I had them winning the division. I don't remember if you two had them there or not, but I had them winning with Seattle finishing right behind them. So. 49ers, I think, are going to be very good. I don't know, Matt. You wouldn't put you wouldn't put your record and stuff on the sheet. I've so messed up. I deleted all my stuff. you deleted it. I will delete what? I didn't delete the sheet. It's still there. No, you deleted your your records. So oh, I, yeah, I didn't mean to. Put yeah. it on there and then I'm going to redo them. I just haven't. I want to get it. I want to get it back to where I want to get it back to where I had it with Las Vegas in and that other one I did. I will get them on there. Probably this weekend because I got I, three days. I did have the 49ers making the playoffs, uh, being the top wild card. I had Seattle uh, winning there, but it, neither, you know, if they flip positions, it wouldn't surprise me. I think they're both going to be right up above at the top there. All right. NFL MVP. Who wins the award this year? Is Lamar Jackson repeat? Is it a, back to Mahomes again? I'll let Matt, you go first. Who you picking? I went with Drew Brees. You know, I think uh, I, I've picked that it's going to be kind of a hopefully a Cinderella season, sending him off in style. I think if he can, if he stays healthy, you know, I I, I think Kamara's going to have a big year, uh, not just rushing, but receiving. Tom's going to have a big year. And I think the Saints end up being the top seed again, and Brees, uh, Brees gets the nod there. Dennis? I'm going with Lamar Jackson. I, I think he's going to – I think I called him for 800 rushing yards and 30 touchdowns, and I have Baltimore win in the, the Super Bowl. So I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson. Both of us uh, hope that you're wrong about that. I'm going with Kyler Murray. I, I've, I've been talking about it. I think he's, he, he's primed for it. Um, the gentleman who just commented said the same thing I was about to say. There's a – the trend lately has been those second-year QBs winning it, and I think that he is going to to bounce back. I'm going to end up, I think, putting them in the playoffs where I had them and I chickened out and pulled them out. I'm not going to do that now. I'm going to keep them in. Uh, and I think if Kyler Murray takes Cardinals to the playoffs like I think he can, he's going to be the the MVP award winner. Uh, is, so that, last is that your burner account burning? Uh, is that I mean, your you burner? The, yeah, no, it's it's it is not. I, I don't. I'm not. A, I'm not Kevin Duranting it up there on Twitter. I got enough bad takes to. I got enough bad takes to just use my own. So, uh, and a fantasy MVP. So how me and Matt did this last year was anybody uh, drafted after the tenth round, a guy that just kind of comes out and uh, balls out to help you win your team. I had three options on here. I just kind of added Ryquell Armstead. Uh, for me, I think it's going to come down to two guys like Daniel Jones or Baker Mayfield, who I think both are going after the 10th round right now. And both, I think, could end up being top QBs. And obviously, for the most part, QBs are going to score you more points than any other position. As much as I want to go with Baker, I think Daniel Jones is going to have a huge season this year. Uh, he's got a lot of really good targets around him. If Tate can stay healthy, Sterling Shepard can stay healthy. Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, and then Saquon Barkley. They improved that line. So Daniel Jones, I think, is ADP right now is the end of the 10th, early 11th. I will take Daniel Jones as a guy you can get 
late in your drafts and end up being a fantasy MVP and league winner for you. Dennis, or I'm sorry, Matt, who do you got since I see you've got a name on the list? Well, which I like, by that, the way. That was before you said it had to be after the 10th he round. He is actually getting drafted after the 10th round. That's why I said that. Uh, He's getting drafted. 94. It says 80, current ADP is 94. Let's see here. I've got him. So that would be in the 10th round. I'm, I'm going to Well, that's fine. I don't I mean, 10th no. round. Daniel Jones is technically being drafted toward the – it's like the end of the 10th, early 11th. This is ADP, so that's the same so thing. So usually um, for me, it's, you know – 10th round is a decent barometer, but what I usually like to say is somebody that's that greatly outperforms their draft position. And, you know, a lot of people have been really high on uh, Melvin Gordon uh, and what he might do. And, you know, I said it when we did our AFC predictions that I think Philip Lindsay ends up being the leading rusher for Denver. All he's done uh, is have people doubt him and put up thousand yard seasons. I think he's going to do it again, uh, be a solid RB two, And that's way back where, He's being drafted. Dennis, you I'm going to go with my guy, Preston motherfucking Williams, man. Hey, I like it. I ADP, like it. An embarrassment. Uh, ADP at 129, man, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's Tua. It doesn't matter if it's Rosen. It doesn't matter if it's Fitzpatrick. Dude is no, going to ball out. It matters if it's Rosen. Uh, I think Rosen has gotten the shaft. He he might not be Bart freaking star, but I think Ro- Rosen is, you know, he's a hold. Yeah. Got to give the dude a shot. I mean, he'll be back in Arizona after Murray bus. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, I, I like uh, Preston Williams as well. I took him in the 16th round yesterday of uh, my last redraft league. So I, I'm I'm excited for him. Before we get out of here, I just need to read you guys this uh, sleeper uh, bomb that just dropped. A reporter was just talking to Leonard Fournette saying that uh, he uh, is, um, I'm sorry, someone familiar with the Jaguars. Leonard Fournette would love to go to the Los Angeles Rams as he is very close friends with Blake Bortles and Jalen Ramsey. That'll do it for us today, guys. Hey, also, we learned today that after that last segment, we can cross Arizona off the list of places to do our live show. Yeah, yeah. No, I, <laughs> I'll be welcome there because I love Kyler Murray. Uh, we will be back on uh, Thursday. We're going to do some strategy stuff, a lot of dynasty talk as we're heading closer into the season. Uh, obviously, by Thursday, we'll be a week away from the season. I think that the week of um, – why am I thinking of uh, – the week of the NFL season, we'll probably maybe do three shows. The plan will just to give our listeners a, a heads up on everything. So you will still have me and Matt here for the Monday shows. Dennis will join us on Tuesdays where we're going to try and focus more on waiver wire stuff as well as recapping the – Monday Night Football game, then me, Matt, and Tony will be here on Thursdays to preview Thursday Night Football and any other news, notes, injury stuff. And then Matt will be joining me and Dennis this year as we will uh, preview all of the sh- all of the games on Fridays, including the Monday Night Football game. So we're looking forward to it. We're just uh, 10 days away, as Matt mentioned earlier, because I couldn't figure that out, uh, from the NFL season starting. So we are excited. It is almost here, almost time to, to finally play some fantasy football. Cannot wait thank you guys so much for joining us and we will see you guys again on thursday thank you
Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can!